You have reached the voicemail box of Speed Dial with Ira Madison III and Doreen St. Felix. This week we're talking about the Billboard Music Awards, Ta-Nehisi Coates' Black Panther, X-Men Apocalypse, along with Tamar Braxton getting fired from the reel. This is Ira. Leave a message. At the tone, please record your voice message. When you are finished recording, you may hang up or press pound for more options. Hey, Ira. It's Doreen. I'm watching the Billboard Music Awards right now, and Madonna is literally in my face, ruining the legend of Prince. This is an emergency. I know you're getting, like, cocktails right now, but you need to call me back. Doreen. Yes. I'm stressed. I'm so stressed out right now. I am super pressed about this Madonna tribute, mostly because since I tweeted about how awful it was, Madonna stands have been in my mentions nonstop. (laughs) It's actually turned out to be a race war also. Like, can we just call (laughs) it what it is? It's like all these white gay men defending their queen as if you don't love Madonna, as if I am not a Madonna apostle myself. But there are things that just like shouldn't be done out of respect for legends. And I just think that that was so disrespectful. She wasn't even wearing purple. She was wearing lilac. Who the fuck wears lilac to memorialize Prince? Yeah, I don't know like what Joanne fabric she decided to stop by (laughs) on the way to the Billboard Awards uh, to put together her ensemble. But uh, it wasn't working. Why does she like keep walking around with this pimp cane of hers like i really want to know why madonna is obsessed with being a pimp like (laughs) she is always reinventing herself which i love because as you said um we're both madonna fans like i grew up on madonna music i own every madonna album like even the whack ones like hard candy and (laughs) mdna but like Now her reinvention seems to be, I'm going to walk around with this pimp cane. You know, I'm going to, like, call my son nigga on Instagram. (laughs) Um, I'm going to make out with Drake at Coachella. And then also when Stevie Wonder came out, it was almost like nobody told him what actually was happening. (laughs) He just walked on stage, clearly didn't know... Where he, he was didn't know at. Madonna it's like was they were like, oh yeah, stage. Stevie, like we're gonna take you to dinner tonight. No, actually, you're on stage at the Billboard Music Awards, weirdly playing like backup to Madonna. In what world is that okay? Also, I'm tired of all the Prince tributes being Purple Rain. Like, true. I get it. You know, that's his big stadium song. But like, I don't even fuck with the song Purple Rain that much. <laughs> <laughs> If you asked me about Prince songs that I listened to before he died, like, Purple Rain was on the low end of the playlist. It's like if Beyonce ever reveals that she's not immortal and passes away. (laughs) Um, The tribute's gonna be, like, somebody up there doing single ladies, and I'm gonna be like, why? (laughs) Exactly. I I didn't even get single ladies when she came to LA in concert. Like she just skipped that song and I was grateful for it. (laughs) She didn't perform it. That's interesting. I mean, she has better songs about marriage now. So why is she going to perform single ladies? Also, Beyonce 
is the only one who's done like the ultimate Prince tribute so far because she did the beautiful ones Mm -hmm. at her concert and it was just like she wasn't at them Billboard Awards because she was like I'm gonna go on stage and sing my tribute I'm gonna let y'all do whatever this is yeah but I mean there's there's Beyonce doing the tribute at the concert that only the people at the concert see right so still, mm-hmm. like, national tributes are, you know, we put invest so much in it. It's like, damn, like, I really want y'all to, like, take me to church and make me feel something. When that was, you like, know taking out the trash. Bruce like, Springsteen's, sorry, um, Bruce Springsteen's Purple Rain, the one that he did in concert and the one that, like, went viral online mm-hmm. was better than Madonna's. Like, why didn't Bruce Springsteen come right? out Right? He put his Purple foot Rain? in it, Mr. New Jersey. Did you see that the what BET tweeted out after the performance? Yeah, BET is so shady. Yeah, BET um, is a messy on bitch Twitter. for drama. On Twitter, though, um, they still have not found a way to translate that comedy to their sitcoms, but we don't have to get into that. <laughs> so basically, they tweeted out a little graphic. It would look like a like a comic book influenced graphic that they made that ended on the face of Prince and then there was this text that came out at the bottom of it and it said like don't worry we saw that like we got you you know and then they promoted their Prince tribute that they'll do at the BET Awards next month and it's important to say that they already tried to do they tried to honor Prince when he was alive and he wasn't all the way having parts of it I'm of like two minds of this I mean, I appreciate the pettiness because they clearly made this before the tribute even happened. Yeah. And were just ready to press send. Yes, they did. Two. They were in they were in quick time like looking at that video. <laughs> Fact checking. They were ready. <laughs> but two, it's still B E T. And you're right. That tribute that they did to Prince before was whack as hell. <laughs> Except for Patty. Patty was great, obviously, yeah. but like, we've all seen the clip of Prince reacting to Trey oh, Songz singing God. his music. <laughs> and who do you think they're gonna pull out for this tribute? Bryson Tiller. <laughs> <laughs> Bryson Tiller is gonna do a trap the beautiful ones. <laughs> trap and B. <laughs> Like it'll probably be Chris Brown. Like Definitely. they'll have they'll have Lil Yachty out there. <laughs> nah, no, you're playing. You're playing them. They are gonna have. They're definitely gonna have more of the artists that Prince actually cared about and collaborated with, and black people. So that's already gonna make it better than that lilac disaster. And if I can just offer, you know, like one last thing on the Billboard Awards because you know. Um, We've just dragged Madonna. I want to give some positive comments toward um, a white lady performer. Uh, Celine Dion killed that. Oh, my God. My heart just fell on my chest. I love Celine so much. You know about you know about how all West Indians love Celine Dion, right? You know that thing? No. Oh, so particularly, just quickly, in Jamaica, Celine Dion is like a national hero. Everybody knows every word to every Celine Dion song. Like all of her ballads are turned into dance hall and reggae music. She's just like, they don't really ride for a lot of white ladies out there. But Celine is Jamaican. All right. She comes to New York. 
She wants some oxtail. I got her. That's my girl. Hi, Ira. Uh, good talking with you. Um, yeah, so my favorite, my favorite comic book character of all time, I'm probably going to say, and pro- I probably shouldn't say this, it's a different universe, but I'm going to say Batman. And uh, the reason it's Batman is because Batman doesn't really have any powers. And that's why I love Batman. Because Batman feels like the only attainable superhero. Like, you could be Batman. You just need to be a billionaire. So, if you know, if you make enough money, you could be Batman. So, Ira, I heard that you interviewed Ben Hardy, who is in the new X-Men movie. I did. Yeah, how'd that go? It was great. You know, he's... um. He's British. Just like, he's British. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, just hearing him talk was probably the highlight of my day. Um, <laughs> he's great. You know, he started out on a British soap opera uh, called East Enders, and X Men is sort of like his big breakthrough role. I'm new to the comic book world. I felt as a young girl, young black girl growing up in Brooklyn, it was like, whoa, this is some nerdy shit. Like, I don't see an entryway for myself into it. And I regret it now because it, I, like, through your actually suggestion, have been learning more about it. And, like, I want to be a comic book stan now. I feel like there's so many entryways now for black people to get into comic books. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, we've always sort of, you know, I've been reading comic books since I was a kid. Um and I feel like as you grow up, if you've been a black comic book fan, you see like little nuggets of like black characters or places where you're represented. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now decades later, as you know, they're really exploding in the mainstream and we're building cinematic universes and stuff now, you know, we're being vocal about the characters that we want to see, you know, characters that maybe weren't written perfectly when we were growing up, you know, because white people might have written them um, in, like, some annoying black exploitation way, like Luke Cage. But, like, now I'm really excited for Luke Cage to be on Netflix, you know? I'm really excited for the Black Panther movie. So the Black Panther film, it's being directed by Ryan Coogler, and it seems like every other day somebody's, like, auntie incredible aunties joining the cast it's just like i don't even i'm only now getting introduced to this world and i couldn't be more excited to see this superhero film with it seems like only black actors yeah i mean it's weird you know because it's like even if black people on mass haven't been reading comic books mm-hmm. and you know which is not to say that black people don't read comic books because there's a ton of black people who read comic books um but I feel like we've, the ones who haven't have at least responded to the films, you know, like they've been watching the X-Men movies, you know, the Spider-Man movies, the Batman movies. They've been watching them, you know, since forever, you know, Mm -hmm. and now they're finally being catered to, finally being like, oh, here's people who look like you in a movie. And in turn, it's getting people interested in actually reading the comic books, too. I mean, it's like, it seems like a no brainer. And it seems weird that it's taken so long. Because when you think about it, like, there's no storm movie coming out, you know, Mm -hmm. there's no like, black female superhero movie on the horizon, or any female superhero movies really coming out, except like, 
Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel. Is this progress, though? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know too much about this universe. It's stunted progress, you know, because Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, we'll get this all black superhero film. And then I'm like, will we get another one? I mean, maybe Black Panther 2. Maybe let's call ourselves like black nerds in this situation. It's almost like every mm-hmm. like generation or something, like you get a little bit of a nugget. It's something that like caters specifically only to you in the way that like white kids get stuff that ca- cater only to them all the time, every day, 24-7. But it's, sometimes it just feels like there's not momentum being built. So I don't know. I mean, like I would love to see an Octavia Butler movie. You know, get like all the money thrown to it. I would love to see an Afrofuturism film. I feel like Black Panther is really going to have a lot of that Afrofuturism. And I think you saw some of that in, you know, Ta-Nehisi's comic book, which, you know, he's not writing the script for the film, but like that's the world Black Panther lives in. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, did you respond to that world that he was writing? I mean, I was shocked. On the first page, just like learning about, so it's Wakanda, right? That's how you pronounce it? Yeah, Wakanda. So just like, all, immediately you see this uh, basically like tension or like fight for power within like monarchy and within the people's population who are ruled by the monarchy. And I was just like, oh my God, like I didn't realize that even though it's a fictional African country, the comic is meant to comment on very real things that happen in black countries. Um, So yeah, I was like, I felt cheated almost that I didn't know that this was a story for me and that it had been out there. How do you think that like comics could better market these things to people, you know? Because I feel like I told you about Black Panther exactly. and you started reading it. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I mean, and I follow ta Coates. Like I knew he was writing this comic, but I still felt like, oh, he's just like leaning into his like masculine nerdism. And that isn't something mm-hmm. that's open to me. Um, I don't know. I think it's a bit of like bringing the two worlds together. Like there are already like black outlets, but I don't know that they necessarily like engage with peripheral black cultures. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a lot of black nerd culture online, but you sort of have to be already reading it, you know, to jump into it. Yeah, like I feel like more than any other demographic, black culture online is very mainstreamed. Like, that's why people are always talking about black Twitter. And there's like the 10 same accounts that they associate when they are invoking that. And there's like these special interest sites that everybody goes to when they want to, you know, read like black writing by black people. But that creates like a bottleneck, basically. So I hopefully just like there's more instances of people like you being like, you need to read this thing. I know you think that you wouldn't like it and then you know maybe that'll like create like a bigger effect but i'm be i'll tweet about it from my account so all the like trifling heifers that follow me can now read some black panther <laughs> 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 
Hey, Doreen. Hey, Ira. It's Anna from the Sixth Side. Um, I just went on Twitter that Tamar Braxton is coming off or has been kicked off or quit. I don't know. Off the reel. And I'm just like, are they going to cancel that show? Are they not going to you know, keep it going? Uh, love your podcast. It's so much to hear your opinions. Love you both on Twitter. Bye. Did you see basically they had this news come out that essentially they did focus groups of people who were not primarily comprised of black women who like watched her and like they were all really like put off by her and people are saying that's the reason why she was fired from the real which is a daytime talk show it's Mm -hmm. do you watch do you watch the real do you watch daytime talk shows i watch some the real has never really been for me because um it seemed whack (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's like I like Tamar as a musician and on like Braxton Family Values, but like, you know, Sister Sisters on there and like I don't even know who They have else. names, Ira. <laughs> Which one is it? It's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know. It's it's a Maori. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Is it Tosh? Um, You know, The Real isn't my favorite daytime talk show either. I compulsively watch daytime talk shows because I find them to be... Like, that's the best way to get a temperature on what most women in America are thinking right now. Like, you just need to go Mm -hmm. 9 to 11 and listen to what those women, you know, like what they have gripes about. And I think... I have had a problem with the way they insert black women into them because it's all like, oh, these white mm-hmm. women are having their like tea or whatever. And then like this black woman comes in like lip smacking all the time and she's meant to like be their foil or whatever. And mm-hmm. I can't help but feel that Tamar was probably that's what she was like got put on the show for. And then she went a little bit too left. And now it's like, oh, she's too ratchet or she's too angry to have on this like delicate flower morning talk show. Just calling it the real makes me think that it's a black show. So it just seems very weird, you know, to like get rid of her for that. Particularly, you know, when like Wendy Williams is like serving you um, lip sync for your life on her show every day. (laughs) But I mean, but that's the problem, right? There can only ever be one. So Wendy yeah. Williams has like built her empire and she's going to be the only source that is going to be allowed to be a so-called like, you know, ratchet commentator or whatever. My favorite black woman on daytime TV is always going to be Michael Strahan. So I feel really bad for <laughs> Tamar Braxton, but she still has her reality TV show. They did her dirty, though. She needs to focus on her music. OK, Calling All Lovers was a hot album. It was. Catfish was my jam. <laughs> Ira, you're saying all this. Just DM her, link up, <laughs> you know, lay down some tracks. If you really want Tamar to be back, it's going to be you to do it. So I think you should just you, you like want me hang to produce up. produce Tamar's new album? Yes. I want you to hang up and get into the studio, <laughs> this dude, and help your girl out. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go now. Talk to you later. All right, bye.
If you would like to be featured on Speed Dial, leave us a voicemail at our hotline number, 424-354-9335. This episode of Speed Dial was produced by Michael Catano and Mukta Mohan for the MTV Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at MTV News and MTV Podcasts. You can subscribe to this and other MTV podcasts on iTunes.